The work you do for your clients feels fulfilling and impactful, but running a business? That feels hard. You're not only in charge of your client work, you're also head of marketing, management, admin, client satisfaction, systems and processes. Yeah, it can feel overwhelming. That's where this podcast comes in. You're listening to The Simple Business Show with me, Nisha Woolery. Each week, we'll discuss simple ways to start, market, and organize your service-based business. My mission? To teach solopreneurs how to simplify their business so they can earn more money by doing less stuff. Let's dive in. Just quickly interrupting the show to let you know about the freebie that comes with this episode. If you know you need to organize your service-based business, but you think you don't have time and you don't even know where to start, don't worry, I've got you. I created a free roadmap called the Roadmap to Organize Your Business, and it maps out the exact 10 areas of your biz that you need to organize ASAP. Step one is an area most solopreneurs overlook, but organize this and you'll not only achieve peace of mind, you'll most likely make more income. To download your free roadmap, go to nishawillery.com slash roadmap. Hey guys, today on The Simple Business Show, I'm excited to introduce you to my guest, Roger Coles, who is here to discuss his top time-saving tips for busy entrepreneurs. Roger believes powerful stories deserve beautiful designs. He's a content creator and the founder of My Social Designer, which is a a digital agency providing design templates for online business owners. He's also a student in my course, Organize and Automate. He raps and he makes hilarious Instagram reels and is probably one of my favorite Instagram followers because I feel like we always just have a laugh in my DMs. So welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. I am such a big fan of Nisha Woolery and have been for a couple years now. So this is such an honor for me to be here. Oh, I feel like it's an honor for me too, because like we talk quite a bit in Instagram and I've seen you in the course community a lot. And so it just feels really nice to be able to talk to you actually on the podcast. Yeah, same. (laughs) So I just gave you a quick intro, but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about you and your template design business? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't set out to be a designer. It just sort of found me. (laughs) I was actually Mm -hmm. a religion major with a specialization in biblical studies. And when I graduated from college, I started serving in my local church. And soon after they asked me to join the staff as an associate youth pastor. So during that time, I also met the girl who would become my future wife. We grew up in the same church. And I remember coming home from college on the weekends and she has this amazing voice and would regularly be asked to perform solos. And so I used to nudge my brother and I'd be like, that's my girl right there, (laughs) even though we had never even really spoken. And then she heard me sing at one of the church events. She asked me to do a duet with her and we've been a duet ever since then. Oh, that's so cute. But my time at the church, I quickly got into creating communication pieces like registration forms, handouts, brochures, And, you know, that was followed by setting up a MySpace page. Kids these days are like, they don't even know what a MySpace page is. But I set one one up for the youth group and started to learn some basic CSS and HTML. 
And a few years later, my former youth pastor called and said that he was planting a church and wanted to know if I would be interested in being a part of it. So I talked with my wife about it. And on a flight home from a trip to India, we both sensed like this was the right next step for us. And so we helped to plant this church. And of course, with that comes, you need a logo design. We need a Mm -hmm. website built. We need promotional materials. We need videos. And just about everything that you can think of that a startup would need kind of fell into my lap. And um, so since it was a plant, none of us were full time. We continued to have side hustles to pay the bills. Mine was obviously design. (laughs) Yeah, And so I was able to, to design for some great authors and speakers and organizations, everyone from Christine Kane to YouVersion, which is the largest Bible app in the world. And that just came through a crazy Twitter connection. You know, they tweeted something, I hit them back, and then it became this really cool relationship that was formed just from a simple tweet. And so sadly, the church closed its doors just last year. You know, it was probably about 10 years in. And so what was once a side hustle all of a sudden needs to become a necessary full-time job, right? And so that was overwhelming at first, but has been such an incredible journey. And it's actually one of the reasons that I was led to your course, Organize and Automate, because I was feeling overwhelmed and a little bit unsure about how to navigate these new waters because I went to school to be a pastor, not to be a business owner. And so all of your resources became very, very helpful for me during that season. Oh, I love that story. That's such a unique story because I feel like (laughs) um, it's got its similarities to a lot of others like myself who just kind of fell into design Mm. kind of accidentally as well. And it started as a side hustle, turned into a full-time business. Um, But I love that you made connections on Twitter to what was it like the biggest Bible app? in the world. Yeah. version is the name of the app. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So what I was thinking for the topic of this conversation, since we've already kind of touched on overwhelm and how overwhelmed you were feeling when mm-hmm. you had to take your side hustle full time. Um, I was thinking that we could base this conversation on one of your hilarious Instagram reels. <laughs> the one... <laughs> The one called My Best Advice for Busy Entrepreneurs, because in that you share five really helpful time-saving tips. So are you happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. I think this is such a great topic to cover because actually I was talking to someone yesterday who wants to start his own business. And his first question was, do you find it easy to manage your time as an entrepreneur or is it overwhelming? And mm. I thought like, okay, I've been in business for eight years. So I've got a pretty good handle on managing my time, you know, organization, automation, delegating to others. But mm-hmm. I can definitely remember a time when I was just crazy busy and working like a mad woman. And I know that you just touched on how you felt as well. So mm. Tell us a bit more about what that was like for you. Like, how did it affect you? How did it make you feel? Yeah, you know, this was most of my life working as a pastor Mm. while also having a side hustle. I constantly felt overwhelmed. I felt like I was falling behind or forgetting something. And I had no real organized system. So most of it would just be people emailing me and me trying to remember it. And there being scraps of paper all over my desk, journals filled with to-do lists. And 
it got really overwhelming. And so even though the work got done, my brain never stopped and I could never feel at peace because there was always this nagging feeling that something didn't get done. Someone was being forgotten. And so sometimes I would do work for a client on the side and a month would go by and I'd completely forget to invoice them. There would constantly be things like that. And so, again, it's one of the main reasons that I signed up for your course is because I needed some kind of system of organization. And that helped me to have so much clarity in my business. Oh, I'm really glad. I always sort of say to business owners, you know, you didn't leave a soul-sucking day job to start a soul-sucking business. So Mm. for everyone who is listening, if you're feeling kind of swept off your feet right now, like your to-do list is never ending and you just feel overwhelmed, then this episode is for you. So Mm. let's dive into your top five tips. So give me the first one. Okay. So the first one is to organize tasks by game changers and goddess. And I picked this up from a great podcast with Kelsey Murphy and Bronwyn. I'm going to butcher her name. Saglimbini. (laughs) I'm not sure. She's on Instagram. You can, you can Google her. (laughs) And, but it really stood out to me because they talked about how so many times we're focused on the urgent tasks and that becomes the thing. It's like the, the greasy wheel gets the oil or whatever that phrase is. That's what you end up spending your time on and we miss out on working on the things that will actually make the biggest difference in our business. And I think maybe I've heard you mention something about this in terms of working in your business or on your business. And I've been trying to prioritize my time by asking what will make the biggest impact for my business this week. And Rachel Rogers has a great exercise. She talks about this where you write down your to-do list and then estimate how much revenue those specific tasks will generate. And what it does is it's a great exercise to help you narrow down what you should be working on. It's not usually emails, but it could be building email sequences. It's not usually a quick social media post, but it could be, for me, creating a new pack of social media templates that I can add to the shop. So you can do that as an exercise. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to do some of those smaller tasks. The $100 tasks still have to get done but it helps you to prioritize what's most important and what's going to help drive your business forward. Yeah, I love that. Inside of Organize and Automate, there is a, there's a, there's like a growth tracker template and for everyone who's not inside the course. Um, and this is how I sort of figure out what my biggest needle moving tasks are, because there's a method in the course that shows you how to figure out what your best marketing methods are, the ones that are Mm. producing the highest revenue for you. And Mm. in my business, so we track, track this every month. So well, my virtual assistant does. So she'll like fill in this spreadsheet every month. I go in there every month and I see what has changed, where the money is coming from. So I know at the moment, so far, like this, these last few months, my biggest revenue streams are Instagram, Facebook, and then I think it's word of mouth, Pinterest, and my podcast. So Mm. I know that whenever I'm focusing on one of those, particularly if I'm focusing on one of those top three, then that is definitely a high revenue generating activity for me. That's good. Yeah. What a, what a great resource. Yeah. I love that point. What do you think are some tasks that creatives tend to do that just aren't really growing their business, but they seem to be consuming a lot of their time? 
Yeah, I think like when Instagram Reels came out, that was a big one. You know, social media, people are always talking about how you need to be consistent. You got to show up every single day. And that is great. But I do think that you have to be intentional about your strategy, because if you're just wasting time and you're just posting something just because you want to be seen, but it doesn't actually add value to your audience, then really you are wasting time. Your time would be better spent taking an hour or two hours to figure out some kind of strategy that's actually going to hit with your audience on social media as, a, as opposed to creating a bunch of graphics that mean nothing to anyone. So I think that's probably one that we all, it's easy to get on social media, start scrolling, and then you see what other people are doing and feel like you should be doing something similar. And then you, you're becoming reactive as opposed to being proactive because you're just reacting to what others are doing and their goals are different than your goals. So figuring out what your goals are and then putting your best effort towards those things are going to help you move forward. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, I really like that. You're, I love that you, so you do Instagram reels, but you definitely have a strategy with it. Um, mm. I have not reached that point yet. I've tried Instagram <laughs> reels here and there. So I definitely understand what you're saying about them being a bit of a time suck if you don't really have a strategy for them. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, your strategy seems, seems really cool. Like I got sucked into your reels this morning. Yes. Yay. <laughs> they are the so funny guys. If you can go and check out Roger's Instagram, is your social media handle, um, the social designer? My social designer. Yep. Oh, my social designer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys, if you go and check it out, you can see how reels are done in a very <laughs> like strategic and funny, playful way. And it might give you some ideas. If this is like a strategy that you think could really grow your business. If yeah. not, and you think it's just going to be a bit time wasting at the moment for you, then, yeah. you know, focus on your needle moving activities. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, you know, being able to figure out, they talk about pillars on social media. So I'm still kind of working through mine, but I know that like humor is a big one for me. That's kind of one of my pillars. And then also being able to help online businesses is another pillar. So if I can add some kind of value with a productivity tip, or, you know, some kind of a hack. Canva is a really big one right now because obviously I'm doing a lot of Canva templates and people love to learn new hacks in Canva. So that's been helpful for me. And then also I joined a Reels challenge. So I was sent a prompt every single day and then I would try to spin off of whatever that idea is and make it specific to my business. So joining a challenge like that also helps you to have some kind of strategy so that you're not just throwing stuff out like spaghetti at, you know, noodles at a wall, hoping that it sticks, but figuring out what you can do that's going to actually have some kind of an impact is the best way. That's brilliant. So moving on to step number two. Number two is avoid meetings that could be an email. I know some people love meetings. I hate meetings. And maybe this came from my time of being a pastor and having weekly staff meetings that I just felt were very pointless that we could have just, this should have been an email, bro. Like what a, what a waste of time. <laughs> and But I love brainstorming. And sometimes you can only do that within the context of getting people together. And so like, that's a great opportunity to have a meeting is when there's ideation, when there's brainstorming that needs to happen. So if there's ideas that need to be exchanged, man, have a meeting. But if it's just information that needs to be exchanged, that's an email, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. I love that so much because I am definitely like you. I'm an introvert. So I just don't, I just don't love meetings, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Do not love them. So I will typically, like even in my business with my subcontractors, I try to have like a regular meeting once a month. But if there's not really a ton going on and there's not mm. many changes and it can just be said in a message in Slack, mm. I'm I'm kind of going to do that instead. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> and also I feel like, um, so a lot of the people in my audience are introverts and they don't like meetings anyway because they don't yeah. like being on camera. So do you kind of have any advice for that? I know that's slightly besides the point, but. Yeah, I think that, you know, find what's comfortable for you and then also be willing to stretch yourself a little bit. I think that, you know, one of the things that I've done this year is I have had more online meetings simply because I needed to. And when you work with people that are all, all around the country and different time zones, sometimes that's the best way is some kind of like online call. So what I, what I often do is I have clients that they show their camera and I never show mine. It's just, it kind of depends on the day, but with doing more Instagram reels, one thing that I've realized is that when I had that prompt and I had some kind of a, a strategy or an outline, I became more comfortable on camera. And Reels was a great stepping stone for me because I kind of just got to do funny music videos and I didn't really mm -hmm. have to worry about talking or how my voice sounded or if my face looked funny. <laughs> 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 and I remember like when I started the My Social Designer Instagram account, one of the first times that I was going to do a story, I was like, this is going to be the first time people hear what I sound like. And sometimes it's weird because like the voice doesn't match the face. So <laughs> then you hear that, you're like, oh, that's what they sound like. So there's like a little bit of that fear. So I would say, you know, I mean, this, the best advice I could give is you get to run your business however feels comfortable for you. This is your business. So if you're someone that's like, I don't do virtual calls with the camera, then do that. It's your business. It's your right to run it that way. But then also be willing to stretch yourself because pain is always associated with growth. And so if you're not feeling a little bit of pain, then it's probably a good sign that maybe you're not growing. So just be willing to stretch where you feel like you might need a little more growth. Yeah, that was a really brilliant point. Just want to give a quick shout out to this week's sponsor, my free masterclass, The Simple 10-Step Plan to Organize Your Service-Based Business, Even If You Have No Time. If you've been feeling stressed and overwhelmed from doing hashtag all the things in your biz and you're ready to stress less, work less hours, but make more money, this masterclass is for you. You'll not only learn my simple 10-step framework to organizing your business, You'll also learn how organizing it can double your income. No exaggeration. I'll even show you how one of my students achieved this. Go to nishawillery.com slash masterclass to sign up today. So just to summarize point number two, guys, it was to avoid meetings that could be an email. Um, if you have to have meetings and you're an introvert and you really don't like being on the camera, you can, if you'd like, turn the camera off. It's your business. You can do what you like. But 
if you are going to have these meetings, try and push yourself over time to get comfortable on camera. Because I mean, for me personally, I, I used to not have my camera on (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that really helped me get into the flow of calls and get used to having client consultations and things like this. And eventually over time, you do Instagram stories, you do YouTube videos, and you get more and more comfortable on camera, like Roger said. And eventually mm-hmm. you are very comfortable having client calls with the camera on. But um, I thought those were some really good points. Yeah. So point number three, lead us on to that one. Number three is create canned email responses for FAQs, for frequently asked questions. And this will look different for each person, but just think about the most common questions that people email you about. And for a while, mine was about version. People would ask me what programs I use to design, or they'd ask if they could share that design on their platforms. And now the question that I'm getting asked a lot is how much for an investment in custom social media templates? So that will be my next canned email that I'll have to respond to. And I think that even on Instagram, on certain types of accounts, they've added the ability for saved replies. And I haven't explored that, but because I'm more active on social media now, that's something that I'm also going to look into because to me, it's the same principle behind a canned email response is saving that extra time, even though it may only take 60 seconds, but you multiply that times how many times you've written that same email, you know, every week for a year, those minutes add up. And so there's no reason that you should be replicating that same email every single time. So just create a canned email. It's going to save you a ton of time. I would say of all of the, you gave some great scripts in the organize and automate. I think one of my favorites was probably the follow-up and testimonial, because that's not something that I've been great at. I'll have a client, the project goes well and it's done. And I like never reach out to them again. I just forget. And you know, it's one of those things that because you gave that canned email and you talked about this extension that you can add to Chrome called Streak, I added all of that stuff and was able to create a canned email that and schedule it so that I include a helpful tip of something that I think is of value to whoever that client is specific to our relationship and then link to a testimonial form. So that's been a great way for me to just put that out of sight, out of mind is to have the canned email plus scheduling it. So I don't even have to think about it and it's working for me. Yeah. I I love canned emails as well. Cause I think that if people are overthinkers, which I can relate to, cause I Mm. definitely overthink things sometimes, sometimes overthinkers and perfectionists can be really wordy in emails and can rewrite those emails a million times. Yeah. And before you know it, you've spent like 45 minutes drafting one email to one client, yep. trying to make sure that it sounds perfect and you've asked the right questions and you've included the right information and you've sounded friendly enough, but not too friendly that's unprofessional. Yep. <laughs> so too many you know. exclamation points. I gotta delete one. <laughs> yeah, I've got to add a period in there somewhere. I'm gonna make it sound professional. <laughs> so yeah, canned emails just cut out all of that nonsense and just save you so much time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, all right. So number four is use templates for branding assets. And of course, the guy who sells templates is going to be the one saying, yeah, you should use a template. 
but <laughs> I've used them for myself. I've used so many templates because sometimes there are specific pieces that I'm not gifted in designing or creating from scratch. And I just don't have the time to create them. So with a template, you can create something in minutes instead of it taking hours. And I started to get, you know, this really positive response online last year because I decided to shift gears from being focused on web design to creating customizable templates for online entrepreneurs. And the, the response was so positive that I was like, this is a felt need. This is something that business owners want. They may not be a designer, so they feel like they don't have the skill to stand out and look professional. And then they also just don't have the time to learn how to do this kind of stuff. And so now I'm designing templates like social media graphics, YouTube covers. I've got some ebook templates in the works along with some webinar slides. So if you can find a template and save hours of your day so that you can focus on revenue generating tasks, then that's going to help move, move your business forward. Yeah, I remember when I can kind of remember when you made that kind of switch because I saw your I think it was your podcast uh, templates on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, they are so gorgeous. Like seriously, <laughs> so nice. And I do know what you mean. I think that it's an, a really big need in the, in the online space, especially for things like podcast mm -hmm. graphic templates and things like this. Yep. So I, I just think it saves people so much time. Like for me, for instance, I used to be a graphic designer, so I know my way around Photoshop and Illustrator. But when I switched more into coaching and courses, I just let the design side go and I handed it over to my virtual assistant. And so, mm. of course, most of them don't know how to use Photoshop and Illustrator. So what we did was we bought Canva templates for my yep. blog post graphics, my podcast graphics, um, things like this. And now all my VA, my VA has to do is log into Canva and she can just really easily edit those templates. She can add my brand colors, save them out really fast. So yeah, I mm -hmm. feel like templates just make your whole business so much easier. Right. And I'm always looking for things that are going to make me more efficient. And this is just one of those things. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think like, because there are quite a few designers still in my community and listening to this podcast who may be thinking when I was saying that, like, oh, Nisha, I can't believe that you switched to Canva. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I would say... That, you know, most virtual assistants are not going to be able to use Photoshop and Illustrator. So that would be my tip is like, yeah. if you're going to hand over, you know, podcast or blog or YouTube management to your virtual assistant, then now would be a really good time to set up your templates or buy templates from someone like Roger. And then your team can just very easily edit them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you like a lot of business owners are, they're just really scrappy. So having mm -hmm. another membership like Adobe makes it really easy for you to have, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, all that stuff, but Canva is free. And so a lot of the templates that design, most of them, actually, I think all of them, you don't need the paid version of Canva to be able to use those templates. So I try to think about the business owner who just doesn't have an extra 12, 13 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month to pay for the entire Adobe suite. And just they just want to use the free version of Canva and this makes it possible for them. Yeah, 
I love that. And I know this is going to go slightly off topic, but I'm thinking of all the people who are going to be listening to you and thinking to themselves, I would quite like to try and sell Canva templates. Like, how did you get into this? Like, how did you make this work? Do you have like any quick tips for them? For creating templates? Yeah, for like making a business out of templates and and less out of web design. Yeah, I think with any template, you want to have like a basic understanding of some design theory. So typography, understanding like visual hierarchy, those are all things that are going to help your templates to stand out. And then there's so many great places. I've seen people selling digital products on Etsy. Creative Market is another one. They I just wrote a, a blog article for them a couple of weeks ago um, because carousel templates are becoming so popular right now and they're getting a ton of uh, traction and engagement on Instagram. And, you know, so start with the the theory, make sure that you understand what the elements of good design and then find places like Etsy or creative market where you're able to kind of test the waters, put your product out there. You can get responses, you can get reviews and comments, and then you can kind of tweak and go from there. Yeah, that's a great tip because I know that a few designers that I've spoken to who kind of like this idea, but I often hear them say, oh, I'm not quite sure if I should, you know, sell on creative market or just on my own website. So it was, it would be an interesting thing for them to hear you say. Both. I say both. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. (laughs) So let's move on to point number five. Yeah. And then, so the last point would be time blocking. This is something that I've just started doing probably in the last couple of months. And Dave Ramsey, who's like a big financial guy, there's a website that he created called Every Dollar. And it's a way for you to track every single dollar. So if you get an extra 500 bucks, you don't just go, wee, free money. But you go, no, let's give that dollar a name. Let's assign that dollar a name, even if it's just savings. But now you know that that's where that money's going to go. And time is our most valuable asset. So how we use our time really matters. This is the most helpful way for me to not waste time because sometimes I can spend way too much time on one task. Now, if it's a deadline, I'll give myself a little bit more grace, but sometimes my perfectionism is just getting in the way of work. So for example, how this would play out is I'll create an entire list of things that I need to get done. Usually it's already in Asana, which I started using thanks to Nisha Woolery and her brilliance. (laughs) And so I'll go to Asana. I'll look at what I've got for the day or for the week. And then I'll open up Google Calendar and I'll, I'll assign a specific amount of time to those tasks. So if I want to work on social media graphics for a client, then I'll say, okay, from 10 to 11, I'm going to work just on that. And then from 11 to 11.30, I've got lunch. And then 11.30, you know, so on. And you go through your entire day blocking it out so that everything gets done. And then I, I, this might be a little bit more neurotic, but I also have an app on my phone called Perfect Timer. And it's just a big fat timer that counts down. And so I'll put in, it's green when you're in, when you're good, you know, when there's time still left on the clock. And then when you go over time, it turns red. So there's, there's a bunch of productivity apps and stuff like that, that people could experiment with how this plays out best for them. But the reason I started using it is because I felt like I wasn't using my time wisely and I was spending too much time on tasks that should have been a 30 minute task. But because of my perfectionism or a pixel was just slightly off, 
I wouldn't get it done in the allotted time. And then I'd fall behind on all of my tasks for that day. So, and then my last piece of advice for that is don't go crazy putting like 15 tasks in your day. Cause if you time block and you say like, I'm going to give 30 minutes here, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes here, like be realistic in your time blocking. And maybe you pick like the three to four biggest things that you need to get done that day, as opposed to putting like 10 items. And then you could add as the day goes on, if you're crushing your day, yeah, add some more or yeah. go for a walk, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I could not agree more because I do find that most creatives have a tendency to fill their days with too many tasks, mm -hmm. thinking in their minds that they can accomplish all of those things, but it's just really not attainable. And so I think that one you know, one way to kind of solve that other than what Roger just said, which was brilliant, which was all about, you know, not giving yourself too many tasks in the day. If you find that you keep doing this, I would recommend tracking your time and seeing which of your tasks after mm. one week is eating up the most of your time, which tasks take you the longest. And then after a week, when you look back at that data, you can now move forward in the coming weeks thinking to yourself, okay, well, if writing a blog post usually takes me an extraordinary amount of time, then I know now that on days where I have to do that, I'm not going to schedule anything else, or mm. I'm going to have to do that on days when I don't have client work or something like this. Yeah. So good. You mentioned perfectionism. I want to quickly touch on this because mm -hmm. I posted somebody else's, I think it was a quote from the book, Big Magic, and it was all about perfectionism. And I got so many replies from that <laughs> Instagram story. So clearly a lot of people in my community are resonating with being a perfectionist. Yeah. And that, like you said, can eat up so much of your time because you always have like one more thing to fix, one it's more true. thing to perfect. Yeah. What kind of tips do you have on that? Well, one is for me, my wife really helps me with this because she's able to just go, okay, move on. No, that looks fine. Move on. And so having someone with like a, a second eye that can kind of look at it and just say, no, that looks great as it is. And then mm -hmm. aside from that is looking at it and you know, I don't know if this is a, the quote that you shared. I missed your story. I got, I got to go back. If it's still up, I, I definitely want to watch it. But done is better than perfect. Like, would you rather it be perfect and it's you not have it done for a month? Or would you rather get it done? Like, it's, it's, it's good the way that it is. It may not be 100% perfect, but so many things in life we end up delaying be and never getting accomplished because we want it to be just right. And that's often just not how life works. Yeah, that is a really great point. I actually found myself caught up in this kind of thinking yesterday because I was writing a sales page mm -hmm. and it got to the end of the day and I'd given myself, yes, by, by the end of yesterday to finish. And I got to the end of the day and I was like, oh no, like I just cannot figure out the perfect words <laughs> for the end of this sales page. I'm going to have to spend all day tomorrow on this as well. Yeah. And then I caught myself and I was like, no, you're going to spend one hour on this tomorrow and then it's going to be done and you're not going to touch this again. You're just yeah. going to move on to the next task. Because the thing that I tell myself other than um, the great quote that you just shared, which is done is better than perfect. Um, another quote that I really like is 
it doesn't have to be perfect to be impactful. Mm. And if you just keep telling yourself that, eventually I feel like you just start to believe it and you become less of a perfectionist. And every day we're working to become a better version of ourselves. We're increasing in our skill and in our knowledge. I highly recommend to any business owner that you should be reading consistently, listening to podcasts, because those, even if it's 15 minutes a day, like don't worry about, I I need to spend three hours a day reading today. I probably picked Mm -hmm. this up from you and in your stories, like 15 minutes a day of like reading a book. I was like, oh, that's kind of good because sometimes I'm like, on Saturday, I'm reading this whole book in eight hours and that's overwhelming. <laughs> but I'm like, what if I took like a month or two months to just spend 15 minutes every day reading from this book, whether it's Atomic Habits or whatever, and you're getting better every day. And I think with perfectionism, that's part of it is knowing like you have the ability to tweak. If you launched a course and it wasn't perfect, guess what? You get to learn from that. And the next time you launch that same course, it's going to be better. Yes. I love that point as well. I feel like I'm saying that a lot in this episode, but it's true. (laughs) There are so many points that are so good. And so I feel like this is a great place to wrap things up because I don't want to give you guys too many things around going around in your minds today after Mm. you've listened to this episode. Those five points were really great. Would you quickly recap what those five points were? Yeah. Yep. So the first one is organized tasks by game changers and goddess. Number two, Mm -hmm. avoid meetings that could be an email. Number three, create canned email responses for frequently asked questions. Number four, use templates for branding assets. Number five, block out your time. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Roger. I feel like this was a really impactful, really helpful episode that people are going to love. Yeah. Yes. Could you tell everyone where they can find you if they want to learn more about you or check out your templates? Yep, absolutely. You can find me on mysocialdesigner.com or on Instagram at mysocialdesigner. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nisha. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss future episodes. And if you're feeling extra motivated by what was discussed today, I would seriously appreciate it if you'd open up the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave a super quick review. Honestly, your reviews tell iTunes that this podcast is worth listening to. And iTunes then gets this show in front of more solopreneurs so they can get the help they need to bring more inner calm to their business. Okay, that's it from me today. Thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon.